Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Jacqueline here. And this episode today is going to be some tips and tricks for you guys to handle recovery on your own. Uh, but if you, I know that a lot of you guys out there are on a budget or you just can't, you don't have access to help, but you do have this podcast. You do have some support. So I get it. I get that some people can't, um, I was in that position myself. I could not recover through, I didn't have the funds to pay for treatment or anything like that, which is why I made this podcast partly for people to have help if they don't have any access to any other thing. So that's what this episode is going to be dedicated for too, for you that you just really need to do it on your own right now for whatever situation you're in. However, if you want to skip to that portion, just like hit the 30 second thing, fast forward, I'm going to give you a few updates on kind of what's going on in my life and um, what's going on in the course. So if you guys want to just get to the meat of the episode, just like skip um, quite a few. I'm going to be talking for at least like four minutes about this. Um, so if you were just new here, like skip, skip all this because you won't necessarily care about what I have to say. So I decided to do something really stupid, but I think it's important. And I wanted to talk to you about it. And I will be giving you probably a full synopsis of it in a, in a month from now after I'm done. But I decided after a run, I get really good ideas when I run probably from blood circulation and the fact that I'm not doing something other than just focusing with Anubis on running and listening to music. I thoughts about all my clients and how I'm always telling them be vulnerable, show up, tell that person, tell like show up and do things that you're scared to do. Um, I encourage them to tell their significant others and people in their lives that they're struggling with bulimia. I encourage them to do things that they feel uncomfortable with. And I've had to do that work in my own life. Making this podcast, as you guys knew, no, was not very easy for me. I was terrified to show this, but now I feel like I share with the world that I struggle with bulimia and have these weird thoughts from a very privileged place, meaning that it's my job to help people recover from bulimia. So it's not that weird to tell people that I used to struggle with bulimia anymore. It's just not like, it's a little strange. People sometimes are uncomfortable with it for sure, but it's, it's easy for me to say that now I don't have to do the work of being uncomfortable. However, there are lots of things in my life that I would be uncomfortable sharing with people, especially you guys or anyone um, that I'm just kind of like on the fence. I'd rather keep clothes of skeletons in my closet. And so after this run, I thought, you know, it'd be cool if I just shared um, for 30 days confessions, like truths, things that I don't necessarily want to share, things that make me uncomfortable to share. Some things that I've been wanting to share for a while, but I have been fearing what people will think, what people will say, if they're going to judge me and just really own all my imperfections and flaws. And this actually wasn't my original idea. I got it from the life coach or life coach Jewel on Instagram. She's a good life, general life coach. She did this. And uh, her, but I, her confessions were interesting. I like them, but I was like, I saw it and I thought it was a good idea. And then I brushed it aside. And so on that run, I was like, I tell my clients to show up all the time, but am I really doing that in my own life? 
am I doing the work? Like, and doing this type of work, sharing things that scare you, sharing ideas and stuff when you're fearing judgment, you have to overcome those feelings. You have to do the mind management of it. And so I made a list of 36 confessions actually and counting. I keep finding more, but I'm going to do 30 confessions. I wrote them all on a list and I'm going to be releasing them each day for 30 days. I'm going to be releasing other content on my Instagram too. This will all be on my Instagram, but uh, it won't just be confessions because not all of them are related to bulimia. And I still want you guys to get bulimia recovery advice from me mainly. Um, But there will be a lot of confessions. There's already um, by the time you're listening to this, there'll be three posted on my Instagram already. I started a whole highlight on my Instagram, so you can check those out. Um, but yeah, it is painful work. I released the first one. Didn't really want to do that. Second one, I was finding ways to, I was trying to find other confessions that weren't as bad to share. And then today I haven't released my confession for today, but it's Thursday while recording this. I am just, I was for a half hour, just looking at my list and like trying to pick the less painful one to share. I was like, I don't really want to share any of these. I don't, I was even judging myself for then trying to pick the less severe secret, which was really interesting. I was like, well, I could do this secret, but then people are going to think I'm trying to have a cop out. Right. So it is painful. So I wrote a bunch of them out um, on sticky notes. Cause I'm taking pictures of them on sticky notes and posting on Instagram. So I wrote at least, um, I have a whole bunch of them written on my wall right now. So it kind of looks like it's the movie, of the music video for a dirty little secret by all American rejects. I don't know if you've seen that, but go check it out. But they have tons of like, they hold up secrets in their hands, but that's what I'm doing. So if you want to find out more about me, I will definitely probably make a synopsis podcast later on, but if you want to be in it, you want to see what's going on, check out my Instagram because I'm confessing things about myself. And, um, a lot of them are related to bulimia recovery, but a lot of them are just going to be about my personal life too. Things that I'm working through right now, uh, and things that I've done in my past that I am not proud of. And I'm going to be sharing all of that with you. So it'll be super fun (laughs) and uncomfortable and makes my skin crawl. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think it's important. I think it's going to make me a different person and hopefully help a lot of you guys out there that do like me and resonate with me, realize that you're not the only ones, especially I'm sure a lot of you guys have struggled with these things too. So yeah, check that out. Okay, today we're going to talk about how to, I'm going to give you some short and sweet tips on how to recover on your own or how to be your own support person on your own. Because I was inspired by a client who she has graduated from working with me, but she's still trying to look for um, how to recover and stand on her own two feet. She's really, really progressed and is almost there, but she still has a little bit more to go, but she wants to be able to do this on her own. And so I'm going to give tips to you guys out there that are doing it completely on your own and ways to kind of be your own support, your own like coach, if you will, um, on that journey. So here are my best tips and tricks for that. My first biggest recommendation is to try to find free resources. So first of all, look to your own circle. Even if it's just a person to talk to, they don't have to give you brilliant advice or give you the right advice. Just having someone to talk to, having that accountability, having just someone to vent to, word vomit to, 
It really, really helps get you out of your own head. Even if they're just an ear to listen to, having someone there just listening to you makes the world of difference. And it's such a simple thing you can do. Uh, Reach out to a friend that you know, ask them if they can be a little bit of your support along this journey. Reach out to um, if your partner is, if you have a partner in your life, try to use them, try to make sure you're, um, you know, making sure you're not go overstepping your boundaries with them, but with whoever this person is, but try to find someone in your life that can be a little bit of a rock for you for free, ideally. Right. And I'm sure that a lot of people, they know what you're going through. They'll be willing to do this, but obviously make sure that you know that they're a person too. They have needs and sometimes they won't always be around to listen to Secondly, find some sort of free accountability group. So there are lots of Overeaters Anonymous groups that are helpful. And maybe if you don't agree with all of the philosophy that they have, still, they have a lot of free support that they can offer. And you can talk to people face by face, just going to one of those meetings. I've never been to one, but I've heard that they can be really powerful to share your story and share with other people's stories. And it offers that accountability and peer support that is something a therapist or coach can never give you because it's because they've been there. I mean, that's why people really like me because I am a coach, but I also am someone who has been there. I've been in their position. And so if you go to a free Overeaters Overeaters Anonymous group, that not only gives you accountability, a time and place to focus on your goals, but also a place to hear other people's stories and share your own. So, so powerful. Secondly, if you can't go to an in-group or you're a little bit nervous about that, There are tons of free Facebook groups out there that are for eating disorders um, and recovery and tons of people are in there. I'm in a lot myself and you, a lot of people are nervous about that. A lot of people are nervous about joining our um, private uh, course Facebook group because they don't want their names out there, but you can join under a fake name, just create a fake profile and join um, so that you can be immersed in support for other people and get support by those people. You can post things and people will comment and offer you that boost of support for free, completely for free. So definitely check those out if you are trying to look for support under a budget. And something I like about these two is that you can find free accountability partners. This is something I offer in my community and it is beyond a doubt, like some of the most powerful things because people get together and they get to talk to someone who's going on the same journey as them. Now it's a little different because I've been on that journey, but I'm not completely there with them in it anymore. I've gotten to the point where I am feel recovered. I am doing really good and I'm not completely in the binge purge spiral. It's very different, right? So having someone who's also going through the same journey as you really powerful. Um, what you could do in a free Facebook group is reach out to someone and maybe you've noticed them in the comments and you really like what they have to say. And you guys have chemistry. Maybe you've talked back and forth, then ask them privately, you know, without sharing any personal details, don't be silly or um, unsafe, but say, Hey, I'm really looking for someone to reach out to when I need some extra support. Would you be interested in being an accountability partner? They can say yes or no, but taking that vulnerable step, you might develop a really good relationship. And I'm sure a lot of people would be thrilled to have that partnership too. Now, but remember as an accountability partner, it's not their job to solve your eating disorder, but it can be helpful just for you guys to be there for each other. Just knowing there's someone you can reach out to, someone you can talk to, again, makes a world of difference. So that's a really good free idea for you guys to try. 
Secondly, when it comes to this, how to reach out for support for free, right? And to get that if you're on a budget or you don't have the resources for it. Um, but let's say you have all that, but you're still trying to recover on your own. Now, this client I was talking to, she first, we were discussing like why she feels that she can't stand up on her own two feet. And she was like, I don't feel like I have the mental strength or stamina to do that. I don't feel like I'm uh, as good at problem solving as you. And I kind of questioned her and pushed her on that. I was like, why do you feel like you're not good at problem solving? Why do you feel like you're not mentally strong enough? And she was like, I'm not sure. It's just that you seem to be better at that. And I think the real problem with her is that she was not giving herself the chance to prove herself, right? A lot of us really discredit our own strength, our own ability to do things. Now, I'm not saying that having another mind there to talk to you is uh, vital and important because it really is great to have someone else talk to you, especially someone who's been there, someone who's talked to many others who are, have tried to recover or has helped many others try to recover. Very valuable. But we always try to look outside of ourselves first for answers when we actually might have really good answers if we just stopped and gave ourselves time to think. If you think about it, when do you at home listening, when do you have the best ideas? Is it when you're listening to YouTube, to, like listening to other people talk? Or is it when you're in the shower and like you don't have anything on and all it, all it is is you and the water? I get my best ideas when I'm going for a run and it's just the music and me and the dog or I'm in the shower or maybe I'm driving home. When I finally take the second to not think about anything and it's just me and silence or me and a bit of music, I tend to get my best ideas. And it's not from anyone else. It's from me, right? All the stuff that I've been listening to, all the stuff that I've heard, all my own experiences come together and suddenly my mind comes up with ideas. So what I would say to this person and you out there that's trying to recover is first of all, before trying to reach out to other people, ask yourself some good, good questions. And when you're trying to recover on your own, asking yourself really important questions like, when was the last time I binged and purged? Why did that happen? How did it go down? Was were there triggers there? Was I aware that I was going to binge in the moment? Could I have done something differently? How could I have changed that situation in the future? Looking at the data, right? Looking at when do you traditionally binge? How does it happen? If you had to make sure that you didn't binge, how would you make that a possibility? And I'm telling you guys, do not give yourself the answer of I don't know. Do not throw your hands up in the air and say it's hopeless. That's where people that are recovering on their own can really fall into tricky territories when they start giving up. I promise you that it is 100% possible for you to recover, but it's not going to be possible if you start to give away your control and think that I'm just special. I'm just the one person that can't recover. Other people, other people can do it. The people on Jacqueline's podcast can do it. Jacqueline can do it, but I can't. Don't go to that territory. You are not so special, which sounds, you know, mean, but I mean it in a good way. You can recover, but don't get into that bit of despair. The recovery on your own, it's going to take a little bit extra effort, a little bit more elbow grease. Um, something else to do on your own is have really good coping mechanisms. So this person I was talking to, she's like, I just feel exhausted. I feel like I'm going through urges still a lot and I'm handling them, but it's exhausting. I asked her, how are you doing that? Like, how are you going through your urges? And she was like, well, I just sit and feel it. And I think there's a time and a place to feel urges. A lot of people just react to the feeling of urges without ever feeling it. And they just binge and they think I have to do this. What happens if you just sit and feel it is you realize it's not actually that bad of a feeling, but the mistake that she was doing was being like, 
dismissing the urge and then still sitting and waiting for it to go away. And of course, those feelings sometimes last for a while. Just because you say, no, I'm not going to binge doesn't mean the feeling, which is separate from the thought I want to binge goes away, right? So what I suggested to her, what I'm going to suggest to you is if you're trying to recover on your own and you keep getting urges, really try to incorporate some sort of physical activity, some sort of coping mechanism. If you get, if you have that anxious energy, that itching energy, and you really don't want to binge, but there's that drive and you feel like you have to get rid of that feeling somehow, doing some sort of like push-ups, sit-ups, maybe some jumping jacks. If you really can muster up the strength, go for a walk or dancing, stretching. Those are all really, really helpful ways to release some of that energy. A lot of times we just try to sit with it. There is merit to that. But if the feeling's staying, you might just want to wiggle it out, really try to get that energy out because there's no point if you've already decided you're not going to binge then to sit with that energy um, because it is exhausting. Like no wonder she was getting drained. Another tip is that if you're trying to recover on your own, really make journaling or some sort of uh, daily time set aside at least five minutes a day to dedicate to recovery. Now, obviously recovery may take more time than that, but it really like take a take some dedicated time every single day to remind yourself of why you're recovering. What are your reasons? Why do you not want to go back to bulimia? How do you want to manage that today? And it doesn't have to like, people think the journaling or dedication time needs to be this like kumbaya big meditative event that takes an hour and you're like on a mountain with a goat and like a you know a monk like no you don't have to do that it can be really brief really quick especially for you guys out there that are, that are parents our students I know that you don't have all the time in the world nobody does but you need to be able to have a sit down time a routine that you do every single day that reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing and doesn't let you slip back because our minds are forgetful. Like I forget things all the time. If it's not on my calendar, if it's not on my to-do list, I'm going to completely let it fall off the window. Even if it's to like take my dog on a walk, I'm going to forget. I don't forget that, but I do forget really simple things if I don't have it written down because my brain can't compute all of that. It can't keep it all up in my head. So having a dedicated time to write about why you're doing what you're doing, how you can do that today, creatively thinking about the ways, things that you haven't tried, things that you have tried that haven't worked. Keep pushing yourself and reminding yourself of why you're pushing yourself. Um, So, so important. Another important thing if you're trying to recover on your own is having a routine. A lot of things happen with chaos. Have a routine, try to set it in place as best as you can. Keep trying to establish it even when you keep failing because the more and more you can get into routine of not binging and purging, the better it will be. Um, It's really hard when you come home and it's just chaos and it's a free-for-all. For some reason, us that struggle with bulimia, we see open time and we freak out. We think it's like the worst thing ever. And then it means we're going to binge. If you can add a little bit more structure to your day, plan your day. Almost all my clients that work with me, they start working with me. They don't really have much of a plan or schedule. And I try to make them into schedulers by the end of working with me. And they find such comfort in it because there gives their days much more structure and less wiggle room to have binging in their life and bulimia in their life. Lastly, you could treat podcasts and resources that you're listening to like you paid for it. So if you're in recovery, you're trying to do it on your own. Maybe you're an avid listener of this podcast, but you still haven't seen any pro- progress. Even though everything I say, you're like, this makes total sense. This is amazing. 
you're probably just consuming and not implementing, meaning that you're consuming my podcast, binging, let's say on my podcast, but, or whatever your favorite creator is, but you're not actually implementing the concepts that are going on. You're just consuming, consuming, consuming and listening. This is called kind of like inactive learning or something or passive learning, I think is the term it's called. You're passively learning, but you're not actually actively doing, taking action from what you learn. So I would love for you to treat these podcasts or treat whatever content you're listening to like you paid for it. So a lot of people like to listen on the go. I know that's convenient. I totally do it too. But if you, this is like the only thing that you can do, the only resource you have access to, to recover, sit down and take notes, sit down and actually try to treat it as though you have paid for this podcast or whatever content and that you're wanting to get your full money's worth out of it. If you treated everything like you paid for it, you would really behave differently. You'd be hanging on to every word and you'd be implementing all that. And that's the second key. Sit down, learn, write, take notes, actually treat it like you paid for it. And then also write action items. So when you're taking notes from the podcast that you're free content that you're learning about, like say with my podcast, if you listen to the how not to binge and purge episode, take notes and then write action items and action items as to how you're going to do that, what you're going to do based on what you learn in that episode, implement it. And then if it fails, go back and see why it went wrong, what could have gone differently. And if it was successful, ask yourself, why did it work? How was it successful? How was it not an accident? How was it actually me that did that? Because I see a lot of people have success in not binging, but then they blame other things. They say, oh, it was because I didn't have any food or oh, it was because of the situation. When really we know that if we want to binge, we will binge, we'll find a way. So don't ever, if you find a way to not binge, don't ever blame anything but yourself. Own that success and figure out why it worked and replicate it again. So many people just passively listen and I'm guilty of this too, but we don't actually implement what we learn and implementing what you learn is so, so important to actually progressing. You can't just know something without taking action. The results are never gonna happen. So my final tip for you guys out there that are listening that are like, I love what you say, Jacqueline, but I can't afford your course. I can't afford coaching. Really treat this podcast and other podcasts that you love and content that you love that helps you with recovery. Treat it like you've paid a million dollars for it and that you're wanting to get every single dime that you spent worth out of it and actually take notes, actually write down key points that you remember that resonate with you and then write down action items you're going to do do those action items, actually do them, and then write out what worked, what didn't work. And if you're not doing the action items, write about why you're not doing it. That's a fun thing there too. People are like, well, I'm just not doing it. Ask yourself why and fix that. There's a reason you're not doing it. Even if it's just out of meh, you don't plan it, whatever it is, figure it out and then figure out how to do it. So I hope this is giving you some motivation, especially those of you guys out there that are on a budget, can't maybe afford it, whatever. I totally get there. I've been there myself. I understand how it is. And you can absolutely make huge changes without spending money in your life. 
I think there is um, definitely a transformation that happens when people pay for things, but I know not everyone's in that place. So if you can't pay for things, this is what I would do if I were you. And I've done these things in my own life and I've seen a lot of transformation from that. Um, when I started going through my transformation of recovering, I was not paying for things. I eventually did invest in a, a coaching program, but the initial progress I started to make was on my own without paying a dime. So there's some tips for you. I hope it'll be helpful for you. Um, and also be sure to check out my Instagram, which where I'm confessing tons of stuff on there that isn't exactly pleasant, but I'm doing it. So if you want to learn more about my secrets and embarrassing secrets and silly things and um, some things that you might be uncomfortable with yourself, I don't know, check out my Instagram. And if you want to work with me, obviously you can find that on my website and in the link description. You can just go to bingebreakers.com and you'll find out more about me. So thank you guys out there that are listening. I know that recovery is hard. Um, I know that it's not always pleasant, but Keep on pushing yourself, keep on going. There is light at the end of the tunnel and I promise you it is 100% worth it. It's worth the exhaustion, it's worth the tiring times, it's worth the relapses, it's worth the effort putting into it. It doesn't seem like it sometimes in the moment, but I promise you it is. Life without bulimia, man, it's so much better um, and it's more clear, it's more present, it's interesting. So you guys out there that are struggling with that, just want to offer that hope to you. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.